You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! We are here inside Black and Gold. Sorry we had a delay in getting you this information. Our podcast had a little bit of a Final Four NCAA championship delay, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So if you've noticed, this is not the normal day we'd be recording this podcast and posting this podcast, but we're doing it a day late because I decided to take a day off. And in that 24-hour period, I was in my car for 10 hours, (laughs) and I was at NRG Stadium for about three hours. And it was three hours because I stayed for the entire net-cutting ceremony after the UConn Huskies defeated the very much overmatched San Diego State Aztecs who showed up. They did show up, and they were loud, and they got really excited every time they cut the lead to, like, 12. Um, They're coming back. But yes. So I decided on Monday that I was going to drive out to Houston to go to the, the championship game. I'm a big UConn fan, as I've mentioned. Have I, have I ever mentioned that on this podcast? You know, hmm. only, only maybe a maybe, dozen maybe times. Maybe sports talk. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll refresh <laughs> yeah. the audience. No, they know. I've talked about it here very many times. But yeah, I decided it was like, I'm just going to drive. All the way to Houston to go to one basketball game, sleep for like three hours, and then drive back the next morning. Youth. And that's Youth what right I did. There. So I am powering through right now. I am very, very much tired. Um, but it was worth it because they won. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, how many times am I going to be in a situation where like, it's that convenient and it was affordable because the game itself kind of sucked in terms of the matchup and the tickets were the tickets were cheap? And I was thinking about it, like, even if it was here and UConn made it, I would end up having to work because I would have to, like, be there covering it as a as a media professional. So, like, theoretically speaking, it was the best possible chance I had to go see them win a national championship. Anyway, so that's why we're a day late. But we do have a lot of Saints stuff to talk about. And honestly, because we're a day late, we have extra stuff to talk about in that we're going to go through all of the pre-draft top 30 visits that have come through so far. One in particular stands out. So that's going to be segment one. Segment two, we're going to go into that big name and what that visit actually means. And then in segment three, we're going to kind of break down the top three position groups that we feel like are left to address after 
I mean, I have to imagine the bulk of free agency. I don't know how many signings are left on the table for the Saints, but it can't be that many. But okay, Steve, so we've teased this enough. Tell everyone the name of the individual that we're going to come up with fancy puns about throughout the draft process that is visiting the Saints, theoretically, right now on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge surprise to folks, but the Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker, uh, maybe a little bit of surprise to folks because the Saints did sign Derek Carr, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. A lot of folks speculating now with this visit coming in is were the Saints going to be targeting him with that 29th pick in round one? Or is this, you know, them doing due diligence on a prospect, possibly a second or third round guy? Because now, you know, as we know with the NFL draft landscape, quarterbacks draft values seem to be on the rise constantly, and you know, you're starting to even hear Hendon Hooker's name starting to creep in to first-round conversations. To me, that's uh, pretty out of this world, but I wouldn't, I'm not that surprised by it either. No, it's crazy just because nothing, well, what's changed regarding Hendon Hooker? And he hasn't Absolutely worked, nothing. He hasn't done He's any spoken at the pro day, right? right. That like, was it. There hasn't been enough, in my opinion, to, to change it that much, but we're going to get into that significantly in the second segment. For now, I just want to go through the rest of the visit that we know of, and a signing that happened yesterday. And then I want to touch on you know the linebacker group and, and what we feel about it after that signing. So these are the other names. So the interesting one to me is wide receiver Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. And we know that the Saints have kind of this Tennessee pipeline growing, right? Like it just continues. One of them went out the door at Marquez Callaway. I was going to say one leaves, you got to bring one back. And actually two left, and Shai Tuttle oh, as well true, was yeah. Tennessee. So you got you to refill the <laughs> cupboard, right? Yeah, obviously you have Alvin Kamara. You have Alante Taylor. Am I missing one? Is Bryce Thompson still on the team? Maybe. He was a Tennessee guy. No, it is just them. Just those two. Much ado for nothing. But yeah, so I don't know if the fit would make sense with another kind of rail-thin speedster receiver to add to your cupboard stock with rail-thin speedster receivers. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I think if you did bring in Hendon Hooker, it would make a lot of sense to try to pair him with Jalen Hyatt, if if you're talking mid-round type type picks. But let's continue down that list. There's five other names that that I've seen reported. Running back Kendry Miller out of TCU. Defensive end Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Jalen Duncan, left tackle out of Maryland. Carl Brooks, defensive lineman out of Bowling Green. And Corey Trice, cornerback out of Purdue. So not huge names. Right. And I think this kind of gives you a picture of, you know, when the Saints are using these these visits, they're doing so to get a look at maybe not the top-end prospects, but the kind of mid-round prospects that they might be taking a run at. Like, you're not seeing these names coming out. Like, they're not looking at, you know, they might bring in a guy like Bryce Young. But, like, that's not, those aren't the, you're talking about top 30 visits you get. Each team gets 30 of them. And you're really kind of going to the middle-of-the-road guys and, and seeing what you can uncover on players that you already kind of have an opinion about, I think. Yeah, but the team we know is still in that process of getting the draft board arranged and all, but I'm really surprised there weren't uh, on that list not any defensive tackles, right? Just the defensive end? Yeah. I, I mean, keep in mind, they get 30 of these, and this is only seven of them. Sure, so, right. and, 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 and not everyone gets announced either. And it, yeah, and it is it is a difficult thing because you everyone wants to overreact to these visits, and you never you never get a full picture of them, right? Like 
it, it's always going to be, oh, okay, they brought this guy in, they brought this guy in, they brought this guy in. But you never get all 30. Yeah. So you don't know. And like you mentioned, too, um, you know, with bringing in guys that you know are going to get drafted, well, if if Bryce Young goes number one overall, you got some inside intel on an NFC South opponent you're going to face twice a year because you got to meet with them, and that's valuable info for this team. I mean, it, just the intel you get from these interviews ends up going in that little storage bank of for future matchups kind of thing. Yeah, or, there, maybe, or maybe even a free agent uh, eventually. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons that that you might bring somebody in, and we have a clip from Mark Ross that we'll play for you in a little bit where he kind of breaks down some of the reasons that, and I thought he did a really good job of it. But first, before we get into that, let's finish out this segment to talk about the only real signing that we've had, and I would guess one of the last signings that we'll have, <laughs> because you've seen a lot of them so far this offseason. And I think this is a very underrated signing. The Saints brought back linebacker Andrew Dowell, special teams ace. And I think when you see the Saints really fall in love with a guy on special teams, they they try to keep him around if they can. I think that's what you're getting here. He's a guy who just played his way out of this roster two years ago. And he could, and it was through just showing up in camp and just flashing repeatedly. And I think it's a situation where everyone wants to talk about linebackers and, oh, man, you're losing so much in Caden Ellis. And I think a good portion of what you have to look at there is like, okay, you develop Caden Ellis. How do you continue to develop people in that room? And I asked Michael Hodges, the Saints linebackers coach, about that when he was out at the LSU Pro Day. And this is what he had to say. What does that say about the development that's going on in that room? Because obviously he wasn't earning that deal the first two years of his career. He really... Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think there's some there's something there, but I, I would also say that uh, and Demario said this. He's one of our best kept secrets. Mm-hmm. There was just another guy in front of him, so he was doing all the work behind the scenes. Um, but I think it's really an attribute to the kind of guy he is and the effort that he put in, knowing that he wasn't going to be the starter for all those all those other games. And then when the time came uh, for him to get the nod, he he took full advantage of it. How much of an example is he to other younger guys in the room? I think you should be an example to anybody that gets drafted on Saturday that thinks they should have been drafted on Thursday or Friday. I mean, this was a seventh-round pick that all of a sudden got a really lucrative three-year deal. Um, so if people aren't paying attention to that and, and think that only the f- guys drafted in the first three rounds are important. They are completely missing the boat, and that's why going out to these things. And those, those draft picks on Saturday are incredi- incredibly important. What he's saying there is is important to remember. It's, it's like everyone wants the Caden Ellis, but – where was Caden Ellis two years ago, right? I think the bigger question is, who's the next linebacker to step up in that room? Is it a Zach Bond? Is it an Andrew Dowell, right? Is it a draft pick? And that's the question you need to answer because you still have your starting linebackers. You still have Pete Werner. You still have Demario Davis. And you probably you probably roll with Zach Bond at the, at the SAM just because he, he profiles into that position anyway. But beyond that, you know, who's your backup Will? Who's your backup Mike? And I think Andrew Dowell's a guy who, as he kind of continues in his career, maybe a Nephi Sewell is a guy you look at as well. I'd like to see him get more opportunities in the real defense if he and and see how he reacts once he gets those. Dowell's dealt with some injuries since coming to New Orleans, huh? Nothing major. I felt like he's missed some time, though. Like, in, was it camp maybe a year or two ago? I, I, I might be thinking of uh, a different player then, but... I mean, um, Chase Hansen is like permanently. Oh, injured. yeah, that that's definitely a linebacker that 
The Saints absolutely love, though, because anytime they get a chance, they bring him back. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, this year we talk about depth at that linebacker position, um, which obviously Dowell's a huge piece to keep, uh, along with his special team talents. But yeah, a guy, a guy like Chase Hansen should should be back in the mix because uh, this this team definitely loves him, even though the fact that for whatever reason he's just a guy that cannot stay on the field, and it just it happens every season with him. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you win the Saints over it, that 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 They're seems to be for life. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if the Saints have a high opinion of you, they're going to want to bring you back if they can. And it was what you saw with Mark Ingram. It's what you saw with Malcolm Jenkins. It's what you saw with Ben Watson, right? Like the Saints make a decision and they stick with that decision. Sometimes they'll let guys walk, right? Like Malcolm Jenkins, they didn't pay on that big contract when he was going into free agency, but when they had a chance to bring him back, they they jumped at the opportunity, right? And we've talked about it before. This team doesn't pay the safety position. Yes. And Sean Payton really, you know, came out and said that was a huge mistake letting Malcolm walk out that door. Yeah, and you can you can question it, but I think it is very Especially much when you know the type of leader he was too. That's a, yeah. that's a big question. Well, I mean, yeah, like you can question the methodology, but I don't think there's any question that that is the methodology, <laughs> right? And I think. That's when I get into it with people. It's like, oh, why they they couldn't afford to pay Marcus Williams? Like, no, they could afford to pay Marcus Williams. They chose not to. And like, we can criticize the decision, but we can't pretend that wasn't the decision and why the decision was made. Anyway, I do think I've kind of lost my train of thought there. Oh, 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 yeah, just kind of with like loyalty to players and like Chase Hansen is a oh, good Chase example Hansen, of that, right. right? Like, he has not been very very productive, but they keep bringing him back because they like him, right? And I think. It's the same case with Andrew Dowell. It's the same case with JT Gray. He serves a role. And my question is, how much more can he do? And because we saw it with Caden Ellis, like the first two years, like people quickly forget that Caden Ellis was just a guy. He he made a lot of plays in camp. And you kind of like I always my my strategy for camp practices is I just make like shorthand notes that are just there to remind me of stuff that I saw. So when I'm kind of rehashing all the things that happened, I just go through and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. Okay, yeah, 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 there's a note, there's a note. And usually it's like Caden Ellis pass breakup. You know, this player, you know, got made a nice stuff. This player got through in the run game. And Caden Ellis was a guy that I wrote his name down a lot, even though he wasn't contributing on the field. And I feel like you, you see similar things with Andrew Dow. He's always around the ball. He's always making effort plays. And I think that eventually does translate into opportunities down the line. I think that's what you saw. You heard from Michael Hodges, and he's a guy who obviously knows a thing or two. And I think he's done a really good job with that linebacker group. So I'm I'm intrigued 
Definitely. And we've seen the development, obviously, of a Caden Nellis. When he came in as a seventh-round pick, he was not that guy last year, obviously. Not anywhere near that guy. Exactly. And I know there was those games where you saw him, especially to me, it was a dropping back in coverage. I thought that really, he stepped up his game there. And he was always decent against the run. Uh, was able to contribute on special teams, a good, you know, solid tackler. But man, being able to drop back and 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 cover, uh, I didn't I didn't see that coming from him. And was hoping they could re-sign him, but the the money that Atlanta gave was just going to be, it, you know, we've seen it before happen with players that you'd like to keep, but the other the price tag just gets too high for you. AKA, you know, you look at uh, what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, with Trey Hendrickson. With Trey Hendrickson, yeah, yeah and everyone was blew a gasket because he ended up, you know, dominating and, and racking up sacks over there. Right. But that's what the whole point of development, right? Like you feel like you can develop another guy like that. And that's and that's the question. Unfortunately, yeah, Marcus Davenport yeah. was not that guy. Yeah, right. And it, and that's the thing with Trey, everyone forgets like you you were invested in Marcus Davenport. You didn't have a choice. Like you weren't gonna say, We're <laughs> gonna keep Trey and let Marcus walk. Like you couldn't do that. It would just undo it an unjustifiable, especially because Trey has never been a run player and the Saints highly value run-stopping defensive ends. I think the way Dennis Allen would put it, he says, the big man's game. And he's, he's not wrong. It is a big man's game. And the frustrating thing, obviously, you know, too, with Davenport, when the dude's healthy, yeah. it's just a beast out there. And his, that power and speed combo is hard to, you know, you put a, a, a match to. He just uh, hopefully doesn't find that success now yeah. in Minnesota. I got into a rant on the last podcast. You weren't on it, but I talked about how it, if people want to be mad at somebody in terms of, like, poaching Saints coaches and players, they should be mad at Terry Fontenot. Because <laughs> not only is he doing it, like, Sean Payton, as as much as he knows about the Saints and kind of how they operate, you know, the head coach doesn't have, like, an intimate understanding of the way you negotiate contracts and kind of the, the numbers that go into it and how the restructures work and stuff like that and how the dead money hits. Terry Fontenot does. And Terry Fontenot has used that knowledge very, very effectively in that, like, you look at the David Onyemata contract, and he paid him $9 million more than what the Saints paid him when Terry was on the staff in, uh, I want to say, 2019. Uh, he was a three-year, $27 million, $26 million deal. And so you look at the contract that David had and was coming off of, and he's a $10 million cap charge. And so what they did was they paid him $10 million more than they knew the Saints were would have even considered paying him because that's what they paid him at the peak of his powers yeah. three years ago. So for the Saints, you were you would be willing to go high on what you thought that value was because you're saving $10 million this year if you do it. So they made sure to offer a contract that was $10 million above what the Saints were willing to offer previously, which negated any savings you would have had. They made sure that if the Saints were going to try to match that deal, it would cost them the same amount that they would save against the dead cap. And that is number was driven by something. And I think it was Terry Fontenot's internal understanding of how the Saints just kind of organize things in their heads. And the same thing would be true with Caden Ellis. Like, I guarantee you he's doing the math in his head, and he's like, I know exactly what they'll be willing to pay, and I'm going to make him an offer that they will not even consider. What do you think it is with everyone we rave about, obviously, the Saints being able to maneuver how they want with the salary cap? You know, the the number is kind of like a figment of your imagination with this team, and they're able to, you know, play and still be, you know, dealers in the marketplace. Why, has, why hasn't anybody come after a guy like a, a Kai Harley when you think about 
what he's been able to do, massaging the cap numbers. And, you know, you hear all this. He's the man behind the numbers, behind Mickey Loomis, that ends up getting it done. And I, I was surprised, you, you know, with, with Terry Fontenot, I was surprised since he knows so intimately about Kai Harley as well, why Atlanta hasn't tried to poach him over there, which I'm glad they have. I mean, we who's to say they haven't? <laughs> and right. Is it something where I'm, I'm happy where I am? I'm not. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I it, it, there's no way to know whether he's been he's been called contacted, or interviewed right. or contacted. Um, but I also do think like the Saints are willing to operate the way they are, and it makes him invaluable to them. If another team decided to go all in on the kind of restructure methodology, then maybe they would. But I don't. I can't name another team that has really done that. And so, to in, in that sense, I don't know if it if that if that role exists on another team the way it does on the Saints. But if if a team decided, hey, we want to really start doing this, then yeah, I'm sure he would be on the short list. Um, but one more question before we close out this segment. So you know, you look at the Saints linebacker group, right? And I'll just go through the names on here right now. And I'm just curious how you feel about that group as a whole and whether you would want to see more names added. So you have Pete Warner and DeMario Davis, obviously, right? Those are the starters. Those are the guys you're really confident in. Then it gets kind of iffy, right? You have Zach Bond, who is a third-round pick, but he is definitely underwhelmed. You have Ryan Connolly, who's a 27-year-old guy who came out of Wisconsin. Not not really familiar with him. Exactly. DeMarco Jackson was a fifth-round pick last year. You didn't really Don't see know him much at of all. Him either. He looked decent in camp, but then he got hurt, missed the whole season. Andrew Dowell, as we mentioned. Nephi Sewell, who I think played really well in camp, didn't really get any time on the field as a rookie, spent it on the practice squad, but they kept him around. They like him. Ty Summers, who, you know, I didn't fi- I didn't even realize was on the roster until, you know, the last week of the season when he when he got hurt. <laughs> and then that's about it. Like if you want to Call Zach Wood a linebacker. He's a long snapper. How do you like? I feel like there's one piece missing, and I'm just not sure what it is. I think it's that definite rotational piece yeah. that you can rely on, kind of thing. Like you mentioned, you know, you've got Pete Warner, Demario Davis. You're set right there. But after that, you know, there, there's still a lot of questions because how much experience is there in that depth right now? Yeah. And besides special teams, we haven't really seen those guys or preseason even doing doing much on the field in a regular season action for the team. Yeah, I think my biggest question is like, is there a single guy on this roster in terms of a linebacker that can play multiple spots? And I don't think there is. So if like last year you had Pete Werner go down and you knew it was going to be Caden Ellis, like it was no question who was going to fill in. I don't know who that is this year. You know, maybe you bring Chase Hansen back. He's not on the roster right now. Um, and as much as I want to see something from Zach Bond, I do know he's not that guy. Yeah, he can't play the will. Right. There's no, he, he's just not mobile enough to play the will. <laughs> he maybe could play the mic. He maybe could get downhill and be kind of a run stopping, run stuffing linebacker in the middle of the field, but that's tough. Like you have to drop up the seam, and I don't know if he can do that. So, like, that's what I, like, maybe Nephi Sewell can do that. I think he kind of profiles to the will. He's, he's very mobile, he's a smaller linebacker, he can move. Maybe he kind of grows into that role. There's a lot of maybes. Yeah, it's a lot of unproven. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the one thing I have. I would like to see one veteran linebacker brought in who, that's if he had right. to start, you would at least feel comfortable with it. You know, like even like a Jalen Smith, who I thought was atrocious for the Giants <laughs> last year, but at least can tackle. That I think that is a piece that's missing right now. And so if you go forward and you get into camp, I wouldn't be surprised if they go into camp with the numbers you have. If they even if they don't make a draft pick. And then throughout camp, maybe you you scour and see, okay, who's falling off a roster somewhere else? 
like AJ Klein is a good example of someone you brought in. And like, I don't know if he was really a top of the market guy, but you just, he's a guy you trust and you know, he's a veteran. He's going to do the job. Quan was a good example of that too. Um, I just think there's, there's one piece missing. Yeah. And I think like you said, that veteran piece is going to be important. It's definitely not something that I think we're talking about experience and having that know-how on the field. Obviously that's, that's not something you're going to be searching for in the draft. At least I don't think. Unless you're drafting it very early, and it's just no, that's just not something the Saints have done, <laughs> right? Pete Werner was the was the exception, exception you- to that rule. Like Steph, since Stephon Anthony, they really have not gone after linebackers in the draft. Zach Bond was a third round pick, and that didn't work. Um, that was more. I think that was one of those 2020. Yeah, why not picks? You know, because we haven't scouted well enough. But yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a lot more about Hendon Hooker and you know why he was brought in and. You know, what that visit actually means. Does it mean they're really interested despite drafting Derek? I'm sorry, despite signing Derek Carr? He's an old man. They need a new guy. Maybe. I don't know. So this is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Comma, please. I'm, I'm just texting on my phone using Siri, actually. That's what's going on. That's that's what I did on the on my five hour drive back from Houston. Hey Siri, comma. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back. <laughs>